1: Does your fantasy
2: team suck? Maybe you need us. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network. The only free 24-7 Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Now, please welcome your BFFs, your host, 5'8", from Maryland, Craig Sussman, and your co-host, 5'9", from St. Francis, Frank Stample. Ladies and gentlemen, your
0: BFFs. And with that, we welcome you inside Studio 34. This is the BFFs. That is Frank Stample. I am Greg Salsman. Frankie, what's going on, man?
3: Greg, a happy hump day to you. Getting close to the holiday here, Greg. Excited for that. Won't be here for the next two days after today's show. When we come back, it's going to be fantasy football time, which means one last day for fantasy baseball. How'd you sleep last night, buddy? Uh, I
0: slept really, really well, man. I watched some TV last night. And hit the, hit the hay, had some vivid dreams, and then woke up really refreshed this morning, ready to go. All
3: right, so let's go.
0: Let's do it, Where man. Where do you want to go? Uh, I, I want to actually talk about something that didn't happen in the majors last night. All right. As a Jesus Lazaro owner, I feel very, very nervous right now. Because he was supposed to throw 85 to 90 pitches last night. And that would have put him in line to potentially make his debut right after the All-Star game. Instead, he got lifted after four innings and 45 pitches, what's being deemed as a lat issue. Now, depending on the severity of said lat issue, that may be the end of Jesus Lazardo's season in general.
3: Not great, Bob. No, this is actually terrible news, Greg. He was actually pitching really well last night. He was pitching well in pretty much all of his rehab appearances, but... A lat injury. We saw this derail Alex Reyes last year as well. Luis Severino. And it seems like it might be compensatory as well, Greg, because you know, a shoulder injury, and then next thing you know, he's got a lat injury. We've seen this multiple times. Again, last year, Alex Reyes. This year, Luis Severino. Whenever we talk to Dr. A or Virginia from Inside Injuries, they talk a lot about compensatory injuries. So I mean, your lat is your is your muscle up here. Not you know, not that I'm a doctor, but That's I mean, big. it's it's really close to your shoulder. So it's it's very obvious to see why, you know, one thing can lead to another when it when it comes to your shoulder and your lat. So yeah, I mean, this is pretty pretty tough news, Greg. I'm I'm going to take a quite pessimistic approach here. As I don't I don't know that we're going to see Lizardo this year at all. I like, agree. He, by the time he's ready to go. I mean, look how long Severino's been shut down with his lat injury.
0: That was a grade two. We don't know yeah. what this will be.
3: By the time he's ready to go, though, Greg, I mean, the A's might be out of it. I mean, it might be August. So, it's at that point, I mean, this guy is a huge, huge piece of their future. They don't have a lot of pitching. So, he's like the ace of Absolutely. their... Absolutely. The future ace of their staff, or, or what they hope him to be. So, very, very pessimistic when it comes to uh, Jesus Lozardo. And it sucks. Because again, he was pitching well in rehab.
0: He was, uh, and that's to me was the most frustrating part uh, of last night. Seeing that report, knowing how great he was pitching, knowing that the debut was inevitable and coming really soon, that sucked last night. What also sucked last night was All Star Jake Odorizzi uh, lets a grand slam up, and now he's on the IL with a blister. I know that affected your bet last night, Frank, uh, and it affects fantasy owners as well.
3: Yeah, the Twins jumped out to an early lead last night, so I was feeling good about my Twins money line, but alas, Jake Odorizzi is uh, turning back into Jake Odorizzi. Five earned runs last night, three walks, two strikeouts, leaves the game with a blister, allows a grand slam to Chris Herman, Greg. It was his first at-bat, his first game with the Oakland A's. That's right. And he ends up hitting a grand slam. Maybe it wasn't his first at-bat, but it was his first game with the Oakland A's. He ends up hitting a grand slam here. Um, and Jake Odorizzi, I looked into this. He was regressing in the month of June. You know, I don't think we expected him to keep up this, you know, sub 3 ERA for the entirety of the season. He was he was doing some really really nice things this year and you know, in in a pitching landscape where so many of the top 20 starting pitchers have busted. We spoke about this last week, the past couple of weeks. Basically, half of the top 20 starting pitchers have busted whether it's due to injury or or poor performance. We get into Jack Flaherty a little bit later on as well. But you know there were there have been a few gems that have popped popped off uh, popped off the page here. Hyunjin Ryu obviously, Jake Odorizzi, Lucas Giolito, Matthew Boyd for the most part this season. You know so uh, while there's been some really tough pitching early on in drafts that have let you down, there were a few gems that went later on, and, and Jake Odorizzi was certainly one of them. But in the month of June, Greg, his ERA shot up to three point nine five. And then, obviously, what happened last night was his first start in July, and he lands on the IL. So, all in all, he, he's, he's provided a lot of value. We'll see how he returns from this blister because these things tend to linger. Um, and I don't really know if he has a history when it comes to blisters. I, I feel like I haven't really heard much of that. When I, it don't, come, I, don't, I don't think so. For Odorizzi. But, um, yeah. I mean, for the most part of the season, he, he's been really good. But, um, you know, he was regressing. I think, like, most people expected him to.
0: Probably so. Probably so. Uh, unfortunate, of course, for Odorizzi and his owners that he comes back down to earth uh, at this time. And as I said, Frankie, uh, affects your bet with Oakland uh, defeating Minnesota last night by the score of 8-6. to six. Daniel Magnum didn't pitch great in his five and two-thirds innings of work, allowing five runs, eight hits. Uh, did strike out five. Other. However, Liam Hendricks got his third save of the season. Why is this notable, Frank? Because Blake Shrinen expected to be acted off the, activated off the I.L. today. What will that mean for Liam Hendricks?
3: It's bye-bye to Liam Hendricks. Um, You know, if I own him and Trinan, I I would probably hold on to Hendricks for maybe a week or two. Well, probably through the the All-Star game. Yeah, just to see, you know, if Blake Trinan is himself when he first returns. You know, uh, he could easily have some kind of setbacks here or he could re-injure himself. I mean, he's dealt with, like, shoulder and elbow injuries so far this season and clearly was not himself for the most part of the season. Uh, and Liam Hendricks has actually filled in quite admirably in his absence. So I'm not going to drop Hendricks right away, but you know if Trinan is activated, it's you're not going to get saves from Hendricks right away. But let's just pay attention to the situation. Let's see how Trinan responds in, in some of his first games back. Uh, because if he does re-injure himself, then it, at least Hendricks has proven that he can handle the closers role for the Oakland A's.
0: Absolutely. Liam Hendricks has been really, really good uh, in this role for Oakland last night. Um, the also of note here for the A's was their ninth-place hitter, Frank, and that was Franklin Barreto, who is now the everyday second baseman for the Oakland A's. Any interest here? Was Eurixson Profar no longer being the everyday second baseman?
3: Um... In deeper leagues, you know, A.O. only, I'll pay attention to it. Like, 15 teamers, I'm not going to add him right away. You know, maybe you put him on the scout team. I really want to see if he actually does continue to play every single day. It seems like for whatever reason, the Oakland A's, they've hated Franklin Barreto. Like, I don't know if that's actually true. But it seems like they haven't really ever given him a fair shot, Greg. Like, they've called him up for like a few weeks at a time, maybe a month at a time. But they've never really just said, hey, Franklin Barreto, we're going to let you play every single day, and we're not going to get in the way. But they're
0: doing that now. They're doing that now. They said every the majority yeah. of the starts will be Franklin Barretos.
3: All right, so I look—he's on the—he should be added in AL only. There's no doubt about that. Okay. I mean, you want to get at bats in AL only. Um, and look, if you have a dead roster spot in your 15 teamers, like I have a few 15 team leagues where I have guys on my bench who, you know, are either in the minor leagues or they're hurt and they're not providing value right now. If you have an empty roster spot like that. You might want to act on this sooner rather than later. So I, I hear what you're saying, Greg. You could pick him up now, and then if he gets hot later on, he's going to end up going for more fab than sure. you want to spend on him. So you can you spend a little bit less now and kind of stash him and see if anything comes to fruition here when it comes to Franklin Barreto. Um, he's got some pop, obviously. You know, in, in the past, we thought maybe he can provide some power speed. It seems like it's more just power. He strikes out a decent amount. Uh, so let's see what he could do. Uh, I think in, in deeper leagues he should be on your radar. In twelve teamers, you know, let's. I want to take a wait and see. Let's see what he does first.
0: Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Um, you had home runs from Arcana, Matt Olson, 17th home run. Matt Olson's a name we haven't mentioned really since he's been back. Um, 247 average, 333 OBP. You're a huge Matt Olson guy coming into this season. How do you feel it's gone?
3: I think it's pretty much gone according to plan Greg. I mean this guy missed what 6 weeks of the season and he still has 17 home runs and he's batting 247 same as last year. So maybe we have our uh, our Chris Davis replacement for 247 batting average cuz uh yeah right now he's at 247 that's Matt Olson last year he was 247 as well. It seems like the entire Oakland A's lineup is just going to hit 247. Chris
0: Davis at 245 right now.
3: All right, so maybe we'll get one more hit and then shut him down for the rest of the season, Greg. Love it. But for Matt Olson, his expected batting average is actually much higher than his actual batting average. It's at 267, and it's higher than it was last year, too. And, I mean, his batted ball numbers are just tremendous. At 92.1 miles per hour average exit velocity for Matt Olson. He hits a ton of fly balls, and, you know, his barrel percentage, 17.6% this year, Greg. That's in the top 2% of the league. He's in the 98th percentile in terms of barrel rate. So, he's hitting the ball hard. He's hitting it in the air. 54% hard hit rate, according to Baseball Savant. I think there's a lot to like. I think better days are even coming for him in, in the batting average department. He is one of the players that I would be trying to buy for the second half, Greg. I, I think he's one of these guys that he's proven he's healthy now. I, it wouldn't surprise me in the second half. He takes off and ends up hitting you know another 20 home runs. Or something crazy like that. I'm buying Matt Olson right now. I want I want to get some shares of him if I can.
0: All right. Buying Matt Olson is our Frankie Stanfield here. Even if you have to buy high, right?
3: Because he hasn't let you down. 17, 17 home runs. It's not sure. a buy low. Like, he's 250, 17 home runs, 34 ribbies. And again, he missed six weeks of the season. So he's pretty much doing exactly what you wanted him to. I'm pretty much, I wouldn't say buy high because he's not really outperforming what we've expected. But I'm buying him. I, I want to get him for the second half. Let
0: right. me go to the other side where Miguel Sano hit his thirteenth now homer of the season. So batting just two twenty three. Are you buying Miguel Sano for the second half?
3: Uh, well, I'd like to get as many shares of the Twins lineup as I possibly can, and, and you know that's that's a drum that I've been beating all the way da- all the way back to drafts, Greg, and spring training. And Miguel Sano is doing a lot of what he normally does. I mean, fifty two percent hard hit rate. I know that league average is up this year. It seems like everyone has a career-high hard hit rate this year. But league average is still 37%. Miguel Sano is at 52%. He's 15% over league average. Still hits a ton of ground, uh, still hits a ton of fly balls. Strikes out a lot. Is he someone that I'm buying? He's pretty much a lesser version of Matt Olson at this point. Like, he strikes out 39% of the time, Greg. It's almost... You know, we're almost at forty percent. Mm-hmm. It's like every ten at bats that he takes, Greg, he's striking out four of those. So it's gonna be really, really hard for him to give you anything at all in the batting average department. In fact, I think he's gonna be a detriment most of the time. I was hoping that, you know, we could get him back to his first three seasons where, you know, he was sub thirty six percent. I thought, you know, last year was everything kind of fell apart and that was the outlier where he was around forty percent, but he's pretty much there again. I think he's just a lesser version of Matt Olsen. He's, he's going to give you a pop, but he's going to give you an even worse batting average. He's he's going to hit around 220, 230, uh, but the home runs are there. So if you have a really good batting average and you need help in the home runs department, I can I can see trying to acquire a Miguel Sano, but he's, uh, he's he's pretty much a lesser version of Matt Olson, uh, More in line with like the J- Joey Gallo of years past. I think that batting average is going to be a real detriment, Greg.
0: Let me get over to the Yankees and the Mets from last night Subway Series. The Yankees' home run streak came to an end last night, uh, 30 games later. Um, the last time the Yankees did not get a home run, uh, you had Dallas Keuchel and Craig Kimbrell not being on a team. Jordan Alvarez was two weeks away from making his MLB debut. And the Mets' pitching coach was 30 years younger than he currently
3: is. Wait, they, what? They, they changed pitching coaches. They changed their pitching And they hired an 82-year-old. <laughs> uh, Yeah. No home runs last night against, uh, of course, our guy, Greg, yeah, but big Zach fan. Wheeler. Big fan. Who you know, you had to get a text from Florio last night. Of course I did. He sends us the gif of the wheels spinning, wheels up, and, uh, you know, to the chagrin of Greggy, you couldn't send the, uh, this guy sucks text to Florio last night, Greg. I wanted to. Because he pitched pretty well.
0: I wanted to. But I couldn't, Annoyingly enough. The Yankees couldn't get the big hit. Uh, last night. Their bullpen lets them down. Adam Adovino and Zach Britton both stunk last night, Uh, although there was a major error, of course, by Gio Urshela. I'm sorry, by DJ LeMahieu, excuse me. Uh, Aaron Hicks was way over in right field when a ball that was hit the left, essentially. Um, Bad luck for the Yankees. And the Mets bullpen does not let them down. Seth Lugo and Edwin Diaz come through, and the Mets get the victory.
3: Well, the only place they could go was up, Craig. Greg. I mean, it was pretty much rock bottom for the Mets and their bullpen. Edwin Diaz, you know, has the same amount of blown saves this year as he does last year in like a third of the appearances. The Mets lead the league in blown saves as well. But I'm just going to go back to Zach Wheeler, Greg. This is now three straight quality starts, three straight starts in a row where he's allowed two earned runs or less. That's against the Yankees at the Philadelphia Phillies and at the Chicago Cubs. Those are no slouch of lineups there. You got three really good lineups. Absolutely. In the Yankees, the Phillies, and the Chicago Absolutely. Cubs. Absolutely. And two of those starts in Philly and in, in Chicago. Chicago. He's only allowed one home run during that stretch, and he only has four walks over his last three starts. And that spans, quick math here, 19 and a third innings pitch. So it's pretty impressive. You know, I don't know if Zach Wheeler's trying to, you know, build up his trade value. It certainly seems like he's as good as gone. I and mean, everyone's talking about. You know, is he going to get traded to the Yankees? Is he going to get traded to the Astros? You know, I think the Astros would be a phenomenal landing spot for Zach Wheeler because, you know, as we've said, everything they touch turns to gold, and I think that they would be able to get the most out of Zach Wheeler. So that would be awesome. But it's now three starts in a row, Greg, where he's lowered his ERA. Doesn't seem like it because it's it's still at 4.42, but the underlying numbers are still a lot better than that. I, I think we're on the path here. Knock on wood. Of Zach Wheeler turning it around.
0: I'll say this for Zach Wheeler. Mickey Calloway certainly trusts him to go deep into games. He had thrown 107 pitches and they brought him back out again for the seventh. Winds up throwing 116. I think last they night. do
3: that a little bit too much sometimes. They do that a lot with Zach Wheeler. Yeah, like I know that they, you know, they're going to let him go. This, uh, the Indians do the same thing with Bauer, but sometimes you got to protect the guy from himself.
0: We'll take a break. When we come back, we'll talk about who you want us to talk about. We we'll do that next.
2: Com. Brain dance. Make it rain. This idea that legal. Is now going to be the end of society as we know it is the biggest crock I've ever seen. We heard the same crap with legalizing marijuana. It was going to be hell on earth. It was going to ruin society. Last I checked, Denver and Colorado still standing. Washington still standing. Massachusetts, as much as I'd like them to burn down, uh, still standing weekdays, 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern on the Fantasy Sports Network and on your popular podcast providers.
1: Are repaired? Need home improvement money? Visit MoneyNow100.com. If you need fast cash for any reason, go to MoneyNow100.com. Good, bad, or no credit at all. Go to MoneyNow100.com. You could get up to $5,000 as soon as the next business day. Go to MoneyNow100.com on your phone, tablet, or computer. Type in the address bar MoneyNow100.com. That's moneynowthenumber 100com (laughs)
0: <laughs> Back with you, BFFs, Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Don't say it.
3: Greg, he's giggling, so you know he's got something up his sleeve.
0: I'm giggling. Because I'm looking at the Uslatan from last night.
3: Oh, the Uslatan. What do you think of the list, Greg?
0: Uh, I think there's some bad pictures last night. So what we have to really talk about.
3: Yes, that that would be the ERA and WHIP. I don't even am, am I allowed to say this word? I, just, I said it yesterday. I don't, I don't know if it matters because we're on YouTube now. Does it matter? Well, we are it's not really on the radio. Well, I
0: guess it's and I, I don't know the rules here.
3: The ERA and WHIP shit list of the night, <laughs> otherwise known as the Ouzlaten, for short. Last night, Greg, here's what we got. Yeah, we got a murderer's row. Trevor Bauer, six innings, eleven hits, five earned runs, one walk. Six strikeouts. Just when you thought Trevor Bauer was turning it around, turns back into Trevor Bauer. That's a 7.50 ERA. That's a 2.00 whip. Matt Strom against the Giants. Oh, he's got to pitch well against the Giants, right? Wrong! And if you listen to me on the podcast, after we signed off YouTube yesterday, I liked the over in that game, so that worked out well. Nice! Five innings, seven earned runs. That's a 12.6 ERA, 2.40 whip for Matt Strom. All right. Thank you very much, Matt Strom, for nothing. Jack Flaherty. Oh, my goodness gracious, Greg. Oh, boy. Where do I start? I was watching this start. First of all, the guy gets two outs. There's a runner on second base, allows a dribbler through, an RBI single to D Gordon, then allows an infield single to Malik Smith, walks J.P. Crawford on four pitches, and then bases loaded walk to Domingo Santana on five pitches. I saw you live
0: tweeting tweeting this. With
3: two outs. The guy had nothing. It seems like he has nothing all season long. It's home runs. And, of course, you know he wasn't going to escape the start without giving up a home run. He could not do that. It seems like he was settling down. I'm I'm, I'm telling myself, all right, Jack Flaherty, if we could get five innings of two-run ball, that's fine. I'll take it. Nope. Has to give up a home run to Omar Narvaez because it's not a Jack Flaherty start without allowing a home run. And I have, you know, some, some guy tweeting me last night. Well, it's your own fault for taking Jack Flaherty as early as you did. Everybody had him ranked as a top 20 starting pitcher. But
0: also, like, it's July 1st. Thanks, dude. I know it's my fault that yeah. I drafted Jack Flaherty four months ago.
3: Appreciate yeah, it, like man. hindsight is twenty twenty. Oh, yeah, you shouldn't have drafted. Like, oh, yeah, thanks. And that's why everyone was taking Lucas Giolito in the top three rounds, right? Exactly. 7.71 ERA last night, 2.36 whip for good old Jackie Boy. Four and two-thirds innings pitched, four earned runs, four walks. Hey, I mean, he had nothing. Couldn't get anyone out with two strikes. It Fell behind in counts. Was walking everybody. But, oh, at least he gave you seven strikeouts and four and two-thirds. I guess that's all right. And a little throw in here. I don't know how many people are starting Jake Junis, but maybe you've got to play in deeper leagues. An 11.57 ERA for you, 1.71 whip. That's six earned runs and four and two-thirds innings pitched. Greg, outside of Jack Flaherty, unless you have something to add to Jack Flaherty, um... What would you like to say about this list of uh, the Ouzlatan from last night? Yeah,
0: Jack Flaherty and Trevor Bauer, obviously the two that stood out because we we own them, Frank,
3: and we look. All at- right, we own them on the same team that Correct. we're in fourteenth place, and now you know why we're in fourteenth place. Yeah, it's right. these bums. Yeah, our top three pitchers in that auction, by the way, fifteen team auction. We felt
0: great coming out of it. Loved it. Loved it.
3: Trevor Bauer, nice. Jack Flaherty, and Zach Wheeler
0: all pitched last night.
3: Yeah, how do you think that's working out in a fifteen team league?
0: Quite poorly, Frank.
3: Yeah, oh, yeah, we also got Jesus Lozardo. We still own him. Yeah.
0: So that's that team. Continue, Greg. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I go back to Flaherty, whose ERA now sits at basically five. And you've long pointed out that Jack Flaherty is a buy-low buy candidate. You're still going to buy him. You're still going to buy You're still going to buy He has had, not this is the metric of any any means, but since the month of June, he had one quality start in the month of June. One.
3: Yep. His last six starts, Greg, that... that pretty much started that stretch run from June on. Mm -hmm. He has a 7.12 ERA, a 4.24 XFIP, a 27.8% home run to fly ball ratio. League average is 15%. So he's giving up a ton of home runs. We know that. 2.97 home runs per nine. That means if this guy throws a complete game, he's giving up three home runs while doing so. Not that that he's ever going to do that.
0: You mentioned Lucas Giolito before. Would you trade away Jack Flaherty to get Lucas Giolito?
3: Absolutely. Just making sure. Yeah, I mean, no one in their right mind is... Accepting Jack Flaherty for Lucas Gilito. I mean, if you can pull that off, all the power to you. Absolutely, I mean, no one's doing that though. Okay, yeah, and look, in terms of buying low on Jack Flaherty right now, I, something's wrong with him. I don't if it's mechanically, if there's some kind of underlying injury. You know, I was texting back and forth with Florio last night uh, without you, Greg. Sorry, you know, we didn't. We were texting very late. I don't want to wake you up. I appreciate. I know that. you were deep in your slumber. I could sleep last night, but. Yeah, he, he expressed the same sentiment to me. He's like, yeah, I use him in DFS. He's uh, you know, he's clearly not right. I think it's either mechanical or some kind of underlying issue or injury or something that we don't know that's going on. Uh, he had nothing. And, and over these last six starts since, since the month of June started, I know the weather's heating up, but you know what? Everyone's throwing the same baseball, Jack Flaherty. And I realize the environment that we're in right now involves a lot of pitchers giving up home runs, but there's still some really good pitchers who are pitching really well. So, you kind of got to deal with it. I'm sorry, but uh, in terms of buying him low right now, I, I don't have as much confidence, admittedly, as I did in doing that, you know, a month or two at this time.
0: The split personality of Trevor Bauer continued, as you pointed out. Uh, Bauer, two of his last three starts, has allowed five runs and double-digit hits. And, of course, that sandwiched, sandwiched the 6 2 thirds, rds uh, twelve strikeout game that he pitched, but Bauer... His ERA certainly better, no doubt, than Jack Flaherty's 3.7 to 4, but he's been frustrating as well.
3: He has been, Greg. I, look, there's no way around it, and he was drafted even higher than Jack Flaherty. Jack Flaherty was going, like, the middle rounds, anywhere from, like, rounds 4 to 6. And Trevor Bauer, you know, you had to invest a second or a third round pick. I mean, we spent $35 on this guy in a mixed auction, $260 budget, and it's just been a disaster. Greg, I have seven names listed on the rundown that I wanted to mention as trade candidates going into the second half. Lo and behold, the one, one of them that I wanted to buy that was on this list yesterday, I wish I would have mentioned it because I would have looked like a genius. The guy hit a home run last night. Brilliant. Was Matt Olsen, who we just spoke about. The one that I wanted to sell going into the second half because he put together a string of some good starts was Trevor Bauer. And then, of course, what happens last night? He still gets you a win, but, of course, he kills your ERA and your whip, once again, allowing five earned runs, 11 hits, and six innings pitch. It's just, it's a disastrous season for, for, for Trevor Bauer and a lot of starting pitchers. I mean, yeah, the strikeouts are still going to be there. Congratulations, he's giving you 10 Ks per nine. He's got a 3.74 ERA. It doesn't seem that bad on paper, but his underlying numbers, he's got a 4.37 XFIP. It seems like last year was the outlier season for Trevor Bauer. He hasn't been able to reestablish the gains that he made last season in terms of, Walking less batters and giving up less home runs, he hasn't been able to carry that over into this season. His home runs are all uh, his. His home runs are back up this year. His walks are back up to almost three and a half per nine. And you know he, he was trying to work on a changeup in spring training, and it seems like that hasn't worked out for for him. He's gone back to throwing some more of his breaking stuff. But I mean, what's the excuse for last night? He just dominated the Royals. Was it because like they just saw him less than a week ago? Is that what it is? I mean, I, I get it. It happens to a lot of pitchers. But does it happen to a lot of pitchers who were drafted in the second and third round, Greg? Who we were expecting to give us ace-like numbers? I think the answer is no. No. That's not supposed to happen. Absolutely not. So Trevor Bauer, I mean, I don't know that you're going to be able to sell him for much after last night's performance. But if he puts together another really good start or, or two or three in a row, I would try to sell him. The underlying numbers are still very bad for Trevor Bauer.
0: Let me start getting to the players that you guys wanted to talk about. You let us know on Twitter. Uh, you asked us about it. Jack Flaherty was one of them. And, and one of them as well was a starter from last night, Frank. Your guy. Jose Your Kitty? You know, I had uh, somebody reach out to me, a friend just texted me, Jalaman Marquez. He just texted me that. <laughs>
3: Really likes the way you said his name. Loved it. I was like, it was a uh, Jimsonish joke. Yeah, yeah. Can uh can you roll the R's a little bit more? I still, there, can't, Greg? I still can't roll it now. Still can't roll. the I Still guys. can't roll the R's now. Jose Urquidi. That's great. I, I don't even know how to. Herman Marquez.
0: Dude, I don't even know how to do it. I don't even know where to start.
3: Yeah. So Billy Hayes here tweeted me before the show and said, Herman uh, Marquez. Tell us about Jose Hernandez. I'm like, who the hell is Jose Hernandez? It's actually Jose Urquidi. Who he changed his name, his last name in the off season, and there were still some websites where his last name was Hernandez. Okay. So if you see Jose Hernandez, pitcher for the Houston Astros. It's really Jose Urquiti. Jose Urquiti. Although I looked at CBS and Yahoo, they have changed his name. It is Jose Urquidy. Uh, Here's what you need to know about the guy. 29th ranked prospect in the organization. I don't know that he's going to be up for long. I think the Houston Astros are going to be in the market for starting pitching. we get to Kyle Tucker right after this because I think those things kind of coincide with totally right now. Totally agree. And Jose Urquidy, 29th ranked prospect according to MLB.com in the Astros organization. He has a plus-plus changeup. That is his best pitch. It has a 60 grade, 2.89 ERA, 0.96 whip in 43 and two-thirds innings pitched at AAA so far this season. A 37% strikeout rate. I mean, that is massive. Just a 5.8% walk rate. Over 13 Ks per nine in AAA, where, mind you, the ball is also juiced there. So, you, you hear about a lot of uh, pitchers in AAA who are not performing well this year. Dylan Cease, also one of them, who's making his debut today. Happy Dylan Cease Day, Greg. Like, we're coming up now, right? He's the first game of doubleheader. That's right. 2 o'clock p.m. Eastern time. So, coming up in about an hour and a half now, if you're listening to this live. Uh, but Jose Arquidi last night, eight swinging strikes, 81 pitches, uh, 40 fastballs, sat like 94 miles per hour, also mixed in change-up slider and curve. All things considered, he allowed two earned runs in three and two-thirds innings pitched, four strikeouts, the, the start did come in Coors Field. I think that there is some upside here. I just don't know that he's going to stick around long. I think it's a very fluid situation for him and the Astros. It kind of reminds me of Albert Alzale of the Cubs. I sure. Mean, rest in peace to your ERA and whip if you started him the other night. But I think as long as Urquidy pitches well, he's probably going to stay in the rotation for the short, for the short term. Uh, but if he gets blown up, kind of like Alzale did, he's going to get sent down like Alzale did, so it's a very fluid situation. I think that's what you need to know about Urquidy. There's some upside, I think, you know, in keeper dynasty leagues. uh, Obviously, he's on your radar, but in redraft, I don't know how much he's going to help you. And that brings me to Kyle Tucker, Greg, who we got a question about before the show. I think the reason why they haven't called him up, A, they're very stacked right now, obviously, in their lineup and in their outfield, and I think that they like Josh Reddick a lot, and George Springer just returned. I think that they're keeping him down kind of similar to the Clint Fraser situation. we can
0: bring that up in a second.
3: Because I think that if they make a trade for one of these big-name starting pitchers, a Wheeler, uh, a Sindergaard, a, a Stroman, a Bumgarner, I think Kyle Tucker might be involved in that trade. Now, I've, I, I saw a lot of rumors that the Astros are interested in Matt Boyd, but the Tigers keep asking for Kyle Tucker. And the Astros keep saying, no, we're not trading Kyle Tucker. But, I mean, with the season he's putting together in the minors, 278, 349, 602, triple slash, 24 home runs, 63 ribbies, 19 stolen bases. I mean, he's mashing a triple A. I thought that he would have got a shot at some point. This is just pure speculation, Greg, on my part. I think they're keeping him down until the trade deadline, where if they can work a trade for a really good pitcher that they want, he might be involved in that. But if he's not, then maybe we see him in the second half post-trade deadline. Possible? That's, that's what I'm thinking. We'll take that. And if he gets traded to a team, we're probably going to see him start for that team shortly thereafter because that would be a team that's looking f- towards the future. And based on his AAA numbers, I-, I think he's ready to get another shot in the major leagues, Greg.
0: Now, you brought up Clint Frazier as a comparison here. And I did read something that said maybe they didn't want to call Frazier up until Wednesday because they're in NL Park. They can't use DH anyway. Maybe?
3: Yeah, like, I guess that makes sense. Yeah, we know he offers them next to nothing defensively. And then they could. Are they going to bring him up as like a pinch hitter? I mean, I guess they have other guys that can do that if they want to. Mike Ford. Mike Ford. He was ready if Brett Gardner. Ready to rock. Got on base ready last to night. go. I don't know. I, I. We'll see what happens when it comes to Clint Frazier. I, I still thought like you want to field your best team. He's probably a better hitter than a Mike Ford, but I guess they wanted that backup first baseman. Uh, for Edwin Encarnacion, but in that same regard, like they have DJ LeMahieu who could play first base. So uh, it doesn't really... The only thing that it adds up to, Greg, to me, is that they're going to trade Clint Frazier. Yeah, I agree. And I tweeted that out yesterday, and a bunch of people are like, well, we already knew that. That was confirmed weeks ago. I mean, was it? I mean, Yeah, people are speculating, but I think now it's a little bit more confirmed when it comes to Clint Frazier. I, I think he's probably gone, Greg.
0: I agree with you. We said, we said that.
3: Literally, the red-headed stepchild of the New York Yankees. We did that, obviously, on Monday.
0: Another question we got on Twitter. Uh, Frank, who do you think will win the Home Run Derby? Uh,
3: this is a pretty good question, too, and I, I would like to any? see what the betting odds are. It's a mediocre question, I think. They, they, don't have a f- they don't have a full field of participants yet, right? I read a know? lot of them earlier. So, here's what I have. I have Vladimir Guerrero, Carlos Santana, Pete Alonzo, Christian Yelich, Josh Bell, Ronald Acuna. Am I missing anyone? I thought I read somebody else. Like is Dan Vogelbach in it? No, I didn't. I didn't is, is that confirmed I didn't see yet? see that. I, How many? It's usually eight people, right? Usually so eight. So that's only. That's only six so far. Uh, out of those six, I don't know, man. This seems really wide open.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I still only have six. Yeah, I would want
3: to go with who I think might have the best stamina of this group.
0: Oh, I, I. also saw there's a rumor that uh Alex Bregman could join this crew.
3: I, I mean, why would you not go with Christian Yelich, right? He's very good. The way that everything's going it's right now? He's very
0: good at hitting home runs. I
3: mean, he might be the favorite. I'm sure he'll
0: before. be the favorite, yeah. I'm going to take Vlad, though.
3: I mean... Did you, did you see the video of him practicing yesterday? No. I, mean, I saw, I saw, saw Alonzo's video practicing. Adding practice.
0: I saw Alonzo's video practicing. Yeah, I mean, look, I
3: don't think that there's a wrong answer here, really. I mean, just it's a great field. And, you know, maybe Carlos Santana's in there because it's in Cleveland, so they want to have, like, you know, a hometown guy here. He's having a phenomenal season, by the way, as well. So is Josh Bell. I mean... How can you, dis- you How can you discount anybody? You know, I-, I think if you just put Ronald Acuna up there and say, hey, hit as many home runs as you, as you possibly can. Sure. He's going to be in the mix as well.
0: Are you buying that it will affect the performances of some of the players in the second half of the year by participating in the home run derby?
3: Well, doesn't it every year? It seems inevitable. For it's- some players. I mean, I would... Now, is it they get affected by the home run derby, or is it just that, you know, most people just fall off in the second half. So, it's kind of like the chicken or the egg. But I think this is a real thing. Madden curse? I- I'm hoping not, because a lot of these guys obviously have been awesome for fantasy. At least there's no Yankees. Well, like, would it surprise you if Pete Alonso slumped a little bit in the second half? I mean, because he's a rookie? No. I mean, like, it wouldn't surprise me, like, second, ter- third time, like, that pitchers are seeing him, they make adjustments? Yeah. Like, that wouldn't surprise me. Is it? Is it because, it- because he participated in the Home Run Derby? Mm-hmm. Probably not. It might just be because he's a rookie, so... Like, that wouldn't surprise me. If Carlos Santana regressed a little bit because he's currently having a career year, that wouldn't surprise me either. I mean, Christian Yelich is literally having a historic season. If his numbers come down a little bit, would that surprise me? No. I really hope it doesn't affect Ronald Acuna. I I hope Ronald Acuna gets even better in the second half. Um, But yeah, I think if it affects anyone, like, it might just affect Pete Alonso because he's a rookie, if anything. That's all I've got, Greg. Good breakdown, Frank. So you got Vladimir Guerrero? I have Vlad. I think most people expect Vlad to be better in the second half, too. We'll actually be back on the air before the Home
0: Run Derby. I realize this. We'll be back on the air Monday. And then there's, we will talk about actually, okay. We're actually going to talk about the Home Run Derby in depth during the betting hour.
3: And we'll, and we'll have betting odds. Yeah. So we probably shouldn't have done that. All right. Well, that was a little preview to the breakdown.
0: A preview to our Home Run Derby breakdown
3: coming on Monday. A preview to the preview. Yes. Exactly. Uh, just as a reminder, our show is from 2 to 4 starting on Monday. That is correct. 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern time here on the Fantasy Sports Network YouTube channel.
0: Podcasted as always. Yes, sir. All right. We'll take a break here. We'll get you some players to you by yourself in the second half and uh, take more of your questions. And we'll hang out for another couple of minutes. Stick around.
2: 888- 400 435 888-400-0435, andro400.com.
0: two risk-free wagers up to $1,000. Go to pointsbet.com slash grid and open up a PointsBet sports wager account. Enter the promo code GRID and you'll get two risk-free bets up to a grand. In addition to traditional betting, PointsBet also offers its own betting concept where customers are rewarded by how much they win their bet. For example, if you bet the Chargers minus three and they cover the spread by seven, you'll receive seven times your stake. That's pointsbet.com slash grid. Enter the promo code GRID and get your two risk-free bets up to $1,000. Wait for it, Frank. Gambling problem, call one gamblers, 21 and over, NJ only, eligibility restriction supplies. see website for details. I do with that.
3: Yeah, you did great, Greg. Probably should read it a little bit louder. I understand it's the fine print, but uh, people who are listening on demand might want to know what you actually said, Greg.
0: All right. Gambling problem, call one 800 Gamblers 21 and over, NJ only, eligibility restriction supplies. see website for details.
3: I also love that every day when we come back from the break, Greg's about to scream into the mic, and then he goes, Hey, we And fumbles to
0: turn his mic off. Uh, see, back. Frank... Nobody knows that because uh, you, well, can't, now they do. you can't hear that on a podcast, and the video producers are doing a fantastic job of not going to me until they hear me, so they don't see that.
3: Well, I enjoy it. It gives me a heart attack every time I think the mic off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you give poor Brian a heart attack, man. He's too young for that.
0: He is too, he is too young for that. Although his diet is kind of leaning toward it.
3: Honestly, Brian, one of our radio producers downstairs, the guy is like a stick, and he eats like... Like you, burritos yeah. and Chick Fil A, uh-huh. and that's what I used to be. It's a McDonald's. It used to be. It used to be awesome to be able to do that. So, Brian, enjoy it while you can.
0: Brian, Here's to you, Brian.
3: Real man of genius. Congratulations, Here, Brian. Dear Mr. Skinny guy with fast metabolism who can eat whatever he wants and doesn't gain a single pound.
0: Love to quarter pounders.
3: <laughs> this is what you're gonna look like in a couple of years if you keep eating. <laughs> Here's what you have to. Frank used to look great. Used to look great. <laughs> what do you got next, Greg? All right.
0: What? Brian didn't like to contribute any of that, huh? No, he didn't. All right. Well, give him a shot.
3: Yeah, he's either uh, laughing hysterically downstairs, or he's probably like, "These guys are super corny. I'm not even going to chime in."
0: Yeah. All right. <laughs> do you do you even know what we're referencing?
3: No. That's
0: the problem. You see, young to the the commercial we're talking about.
3: Yeah, I mean, he's he's like what? Eight, how old are you? 18 downstairs? 21. <laughs> Don't <laughs> 21. disrespect me. Come on. <laughs>
0: So you don't know so the disrespect you, me. you don't know the, the Budweiser Real Men of Genius commercials,
3: the Budweiser no,
0: yeah. So you should probably watch those on YouTube. Watch sure. those. There's a million on the radio too. It's it's called Real Men of Genius. They're very very funny.
3: Got it. Well, I I hope he's any, not he's not going to. I hope anyone in our age range, Greg, you know, got the joke. Anywhere from late twenties to early fifties, um, enjoyed that because I did. I thought it was funny. Anyone twenty one, I, I thought we were twenty one right on and it. under. Did not enjoy that.
0: I thought we were right on it, too. Not
3: Defino Probably would have loved it.
0: Oh, you would have loved it. Yeah. I guess if... Ro- should, we, should we do one of those like, things as, as a bit? Like, as a video?
3: Real Man of Genius? Yeah. Or is that
0: like... Hmm.
3: I used to be the zero running back guy. Real
0: Bets of Genius.
3: Hmm. It Sounds like a solo act for yourself, Greg.
0: something here. There's something here.
3: Real Bets of Genius. All right. All right let's don't da. be the guy who follows the <laughs> don't be the guy who follows the public. <laughs> All the sharp money,
0: you know, you gotta feed the public. <laughs> we can have some fun with that.
3: Oh gosh! Everyone downstairs has no idea what you're talking about. Everyone, everyone downstairs Wait, is like Sha- well, Sean doesn't home. know. No, well, I'm talking about me, Alex, and uh, is uh, yeah, Isabella.
0: I forgot her name. They're all, right. they're all very young. All, <laughs> all right, do me a favor. I want you to ask Sean, Bavona, and Steve if they know what real men of genius are.
3: That's like not knowing what's out.: well, Bavona knows, but he knows like every... Bavona knows. What about Sean? Bavona yeah. does know everything. Does Sean know? Sean knows. Okay. And Steve? Yeah, all the right. commercial. Yep, they all know. Yeah, all the exactly. old people know. Old people now. Old people. old people. Older people. Yes. Older than 21.
0: It's true.
2: Today, we salute you, Mr. Jean Shorts Wearer. Mr.
0: Jean Shorts Exactly. Mr. Jean Shorts Wearer, Frank. That's you. Dorts. That's
3: what they call them, Greg. That's what you are, man.
0: All right. Let's finish up with some baseball before we lose all of our audience.
3: Yeah, they're already gone. All
0: right. Uh, who are you buying for the second half, Frank? The people aren't paying attention to.
3: All right. I'm going to throw a few names out there. Obviously, I've already mentioned Matt Olson. Uh, I want to mention JT Real Muto as well, Greg. Someone who was regarded as the top catcher heading into the fantasy baseball season. A lot of people pointed to, oh, well, look what Christian Yelich did once he left the cavernous ballpark of uh, Miami, in Miami, and he went over to a good ballpark in Miller Park. That means, you know, JT Real Muto also has to be awesome. Citizens Bank Park. When he goes over to Citizens Bank Park. Yes. Well, Greg, I, I was mentioning Christian Yelich going to Miller Park. Yeah, I got and it. And then that's why I said I got was. It. I was waiting for it. But JT Rilamuto so far this year is actually performing m- much less than he was last year in Marlins Park. Uh, last year he was 277 with an 825 OPS. This year 266 with a 755 OPS. But better days are coming. According to his expected batting average, Greg, and his StatCast numbers, uh, his expected batting average is 292. His expected slugging is 472. His slugging percentage is only 434. So I think better days are coming for uh, JT Real Muto. His batted ball numbers are better. His average exit velocity is better. Um, if you can buy JT Real Muto on the cheap, you need a catcher. You have an abundance of outfielders or middle infielders and you want to improve your catcher spot. Uh, JT Real Muto is someone that I am buying. Blake Snell, I don't know if you're still going to be able to buy him after his most recent performance where he was awesome once again. He looked like Blake Snell. That we were expecting, but... I still think, you know, if you can sell someone on, on his uh, surface numbers not being great, I would still want to buy Blake Snell. You know, we've been talking about this ad nauseum, you know, the past couple of weeks. Uh, I, I want to buy in on Blake Snell, Greg. And I mentioned Matt Olson, And, and the last one that I'm going to mention as a buy going into the second half is Brandon Woodruff because the underlying skills for Woodruff, Greg, are, are just really good. And we've spoken a lot about him so far this year. And I understand he pitches in Milwaukee. It's not the greatest pitching environment. But he's got a 3.79 ERA. His underlying numbers are much better. A 3.01 FIP, 3.38 XFIP, and a 1.14 whip on the season. Um, he's got an 11.6% swinging strike rate, a K per nine over 10. His walks per nine are manageable at 2.21. I really like Brandon Woodruff. And again, if people are not trusting um, the pitcher that, that he's been so far. Give me, give me all of the Brandon Woodruff, because I do trust what he's done so far, and I think he might even get a little bit better. Is there anyone that stands out to that list specifically for you, Greg? Matt Olson, Real Muto, Blake Snell, and Brandon Woodruff.
0: Yeah, so we talked a lot about Blake Snell here, and I don't want to go back into that again, so I'll move on. Matt Olson, we talked about earlier in the show. I'll move on from there. JT Real Muto, I totally agree with buying him and the idea of it. I just don't know that his owner's gonna sell him, especially in a one-catcher league. Like you're going to sell him and then do what at catcher, right? Like, it, it's going to be very, very hard to pry a guy like JT Real Muto away, knowing what his offense can be, knowing uh, about the catcher position in fantasy baseball. So I don't think you could really acquire him. I don't think you could just buy JT Real Muto. I don't think it's a real thing. So that ultimately leads me to Brandon Woodruff. Because
3: What if you can sell, like, one of these overperforming catchers so far this year, Greg? Like who? And And pair, like, a, let's say Christian Vasquez or something, right? Okay. Because he's actually performed really well. Sure. And you could sell someone on hey, you have deficiencies somewhere else. I'll give you a catcher who has performed well this year and is not a huge drop-off from Riomuto, and I'll also give you player X, like an outfielder, because you have outfielder needs. Or I'll give you a pitcher because you have pitcher needs. You might be able to pull something like that off. Maybe,
0: but I think that even using the Vasquez example, like example, I think the owners that invested in an early-round draft pick, and that's what you had to do with JT Muto, like they know what they have. Like, they know what he should
3: be. They're not gonna, But that I, means they probably have deficiencies in other, other parts of their team because they passed on other really potentially good
0: Potentially so, but the downgrade, realistically, from Christian Vasquez, uh, the downgrade from J.C. Romita to Christian Vasquez, like it's bad.
3: When Vasquez, I mean, Christian Vasquez has been better on the season. Certainly. But, but in your mind, I mean, this is one of those, again, we'll get back to our, our football, you know, our most common phrase in football, strip the name off the back of the jersey here. I mean, if you put the numbers side by side, Vasquez has actually been better than Real Muto.
0: No question. Not, not disputing it. Yeah. But, like, you're not training with Christian Vasquez and more for JT Real Muto because you think Christian Vasquez is going to stay better yeah. than JT Real Muto. Exactly.
3: But that's why it's a little give and take, you know? It's like, well, you know Real Muto is going to get better, but you have deficiencies somewhere else, so let me help out your other deficiencies. And even if you get a little bit of a drop off at your catcher position, it's worth it for you. Like, that's how I would try and shape if I was trying to acquire you Muto.
0: I don't think would, we would acquire him. Okay. All right. And that leads me to Brandon Woodruff. Because Brandon Woodruff is, I think, exactly what you should be acquiring. We are all desperate for pitching. And I learned about Brandon Woodruff, as everybody knows, that listens in, like, the middle of March, where I saw all these experts drafting Brandon Woodruff. And I'm like, why are we drafting Brandon Woodruff? And I think if you look at the numbers, and Frank went into them a, a few moments ago, if you look at him, this is a guy that can help you. This is a guy that I don't think cost you all that much, the ERA and the extra indicators, they're good. Now he's headed to. That's an issue. Those counting stats are there. So it's not going to be as easy as maybe the name Brandon Woodruff would allow, but you sell the fact that he plays at Miller Park. You you sell the fact that he's in a tough division in the NL Central. I think Brandon Woodruff is a fine target here. I like this one the best.
3: And I think he can return top 30 starting pitcher value the rest of the way. Would you rather
0: have Jack Flaherty or Brandon Woodruff?
3: I mean, how, how can I not say Woodruff? And when, you know, when comparing them side by side, and even I understand you want to project forward as well, but the underlying numbers, the ERA indicators, they're even better for Woodruff than they are for Flaherty. They are very much so. So, you know, how can, I, how can I argue that? I mean, Woodruff was someone, maybe you got him with like the last round pick of your draft or you picked him up or, you know, he was ranked outside my top 60, 70 starting pitchers. Jack Flaherty was inside my top 20. But we're at the point of the season where you can't really worry about where people are drafted anymore. So, yeah, I would rather have Woodruff than Jack Flaherty. And I never thought I would say that this season. It's
0: crazy, man. Would you you rather have, Brandon Woodruff or Zach Eflin?
3: Woodruff. I agree. The skills are better for Woodruff. I agree with you. I agree with you. Um,
0: Let me go on to some players that you would sell the second half of the year. Frankie, um, there's some big names on here. We talked about Trevor Bauer before. There's a couple other big names I know you want to get into.
3: Yeah, I did want to mention... And this one kind of hurts, too, because we own him, Greg. But I feel like these walks are going to catch up to Luis Castillo at some point. You can get a I,
0: lot for Luis Castillo. And I
3: understand the changeup is is phenomenal. It's a lights-out offering, and he's among the league leaders in swinging strike rate. I'm not saying that you have to absolutely trade him. But you look at his surface numbers as well. I mean, he's got a 2.47 ERA. He's got a 1.15 whip. He's 7-3. His underlying numbers, Greg, I mean, his Sierra, his skill interactive ERA is 4.32. His walks per nine are almost five. We're in the Robbie Ray range now. And, and, you know, Robbie Range hasn't been able to, he hasn't been able to mitigate the walks, even with as many strikeouts as he gets. So you couple the walks with the fact that Luis Castillo pitches in a great American small park, and the weather is heating up. And we saw some of those home runs that have gone out the past couple of days. And, and In Cincinnati, I'm worried, man. I'm worried about Luis Castillo. Like, If the home runs regress more so to where they were last year, he was at 1.49 home runs per nine last season. This year, he's at 0.82. He's really done a good job in limiting home runs, but his walks are way up. 4.76 walks per nine. Last year, they were 2.60. So I'm just saying, proceed with caution when it comes to Luis Castillo. If, If I can flip him for another top 20 starting pitcher, that I, that I trust more moving forward, Greg, start in and start out. Maybe like a Giolito or, or someone like that. Or, or, or a lesser pitcher and a hitter. Because I think you could get a lot for Luis Castillo right now. There are a lot of underlying numbers that say, proceed with caution when it comes to Luis Castillo. And another name, Greg, someone who I was banging the drum that, you know, for, for Colorado to play this guy every day and he was frustrating to no end earlier in the season. That was Daniel Murphy. Now, he's kind of bounced back. He's, you know, he's up to 277 batting average. The home runs are not really where you want them to be, the, the power numbers. He's only had six home runs so far this year. But in years past, his expected batting average was over three hundred each of the past three seasons before this year, Greg. His expected batting average this year, two twenty eight. I mean, that's a huge... I mean, th- that's... That's 70, 80 points of, uh, of difference from where he's been at in years past, so... I just I don't know that he's going to be able to maintain this solid batting average that he's provided and you still might be able to sell him on his name. So that's Daniel Murphy, sell him for like a middle infielder, a corner infielder, something like that. He really hasn't provided the value that you were hoping.
0: And with that, we're going to sign off of YouTube for today. At the Window is coming up next with Sean Guasamaki, who will continue his NFL team previews there. As a reminder, the BFFs will not be on YouTube on Monday. The next two days, because we're all off, will not be on YouTube at this time on Monday. We go to 2 to 4. We're back to two hours, but we're live from 2 to 4. Here on YouTube, where we'll be podcasted immediately following that. So if you're listening for the BFFs, make sure you're looking live on YouTube from 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern, starting on Monday. With that, Frank, we get into our best bets forever, and we went one and two last night. Sorry, two and one last night. Excuse me, two and one. We each got one right. You also picked a third game that was not so right. We'll take two and one every night.
3: Uh, That's absolutely correct, Greg. What what did you have again last night? I think
0: the Astros as underdogs.
3: Oh, that's right. Yes, and they ended up winning a close one, a nail biter. A win is a win. Nine to eight. The total in that game was thirteen. Greg Coors Field remains right undefeated 17 combined runs yesterday between the Astros and the Rockies. The total today, 14 and a half. You touching that one, Greggy? No, Frank. <laughs> that's all you got? You're not, you're not jumping in on that game at all, huh? Uh, I'm not touching that game, no. That is not
0: one of my best bets for the
3: <sighs> How do you feel about today's slate, Greg? Because there's nothing there. I feel really... good. I,
0: I, so there's one that stands out to me. All right, what do you got? Uh, this is one of those times where I go after, uh, I'll go after a terrible team and take them as an underdog, and that's what I'm going to do. I'm taking... The Baltimore Orioles and Means tonight. Plus 186 in Tampa. There is no home field advantage with the Rays. Rays going with Ryan Static as the opener. I believe that means Yoni, is it Ryan Yarbrough? Ryan, Yoni Chirinos coming in uh, after Static. To me, that over-under indicates they expect a low-scoring game. I like Means tonight. I like the O's. Plus 186 is fantastic
3: value. Give me the Baltimore Orioles tonight, Frank. You never learn, huh, Greg? Nope. And guess what? Neither do I. Because that 14 and a half is too damn high, Greg. <laughs> I know kidding. the last time I did this, they combined for like 25 runs. I don't care. That number is too high. Yesterday
0: was 13 and they went way over.
3: 14 and a half. You know that. Wade Miley's going to get it done today. Peter Lambert's going to get it done today, Greg. We're going under 14 and a half. That number's just too high, Greg. It's too damn high.
0: What do you do with July 4th, bud?
3: I don't have anything too crazy going on here, Greg. I think I'm gonna I'm gonna hit up the beach. Um, I'm gonna go to Coney Island on Friday uh, as Stranger well. Things, right? Yeah, Stranger cool. Things team. Any any other Stranger Things fans out there? It's July fifth to the seventh. Go check out Coney Island. They're gonna dress it up. What do you got going on? Go to my dad's. Hanging out with Rob Sauce. The beach for Thursday. Yeah. Anything else for the weekend? No.
0: Yeah. All right. you won't be here. i Frank Greg Stample. I'm Greg sauceman We'll do it all again on Monday 2 to 4 pm Eastern we hope
1: you don't have to feel like the waste
2: Couldn't catch the live show yes make sure to download our podcast at the FNTSY Sports Network audio boom channel oh
0: so! Bad.